0: Hercule Poirot's flat was essentially modern in its furnishings. It gleamed with chromium. Its easy chairs, though comfortably padded, were square and uncompromising in outline. On one of these chairs sat Hercule Poirot, neatly, in the middle of the chair. Opposite him, in another chair, sat Dr. Burton, fellow of all souls, sipping appreciatively at a glass of Poirot's Chateau Mouton Rothschild. There was no neatness about Dr. Burton. He was plump, untidy, and beneath his thatch of white hair beamed a rubicund and benign countenance. He had a deep, wheezy chuckle, and the habit of covering himself and everything around him with tobacco ash. In vain did Poirot surround him with ashtrays. Dr. Burton was asking a question. Tell me, he said, why Hercule? Oh, you mean the... My Christian name? Well, hardly a Christian name, the other demurred. Definitely pagan. But why? That's what I want to know. Father's fancy? Mother's whim? Family reasons? If I remember rightly, though my memory isn't what it was, you had a brother called Achille, did you not? Poirot's mind raced back over the details of Achille Poirot's career. Had all that really happened? Only for a short space of time, he replied. Dr. Burton passed tactfully from the subject of Achilles Poirot. People should be more careful how they name their children, he ruminated. I've got godchildren, I know. Blanche, one of them's called, dark as a gypsy. Then there's Deirdre, Deirdre of the Sorrows. She's turned out as merry as a Grig. As for young Patience, she might as well have been named Impatience and be done with it. And Diana... Well, Diana, the old classical scholar shuddered, weighs twelve stone now, and she's only fifteen. They say it's puppy fat, but it doesn't look that way to me. Diana! They wanted to call her Helen, but I put my foot down there, knowing what her father and mother looked like, and her grandmother for that matter. I tried hard for Martha, or Dorcas, or something sensible, but it was no good. Waste of breath. Rum people, parents? He began to wheeze gently. His small, fat face crinkled up. Poirot looked at him inquiringly. The thinking of an imaginary conversation. Your mother and the late Mrs. Holmes, sitting, sewing little garments or knitting. Achille, Hercule, Sherlock, Mycroft. (laughs) Poirot failed to share his friend's amusement. What I understand you to mean is that in physical appearance, I do not resemble a Hercules. Dr. Burton's eyes swept over Hercule Poirot. Over his small, neat person attired in striped trousers, correct black jacket, and natty bow tie. Swept up from his patent leather shoes to his egg-shaped head, and the immense mustache that adorned his upper lip. (laughs) Frankly, Poirot, said Dr. Burton, you don't. I gather, he added, that you've never had much time to study the classics. That is so. Pity. Pity, you've missed a lot. Everyone should be made to study the classics if I had my way. Poirot shrugged his shoulders. Eh bien, I have got on very well without them. Got on? Got on? It's not a question of getting on. That's the wrong view altogether. The classics aren't a ladder leading to quick success like a modern correspondence course. It's not a man's working hours that are important. It's his leisure hours. That's the mistake we all make. Take yourself now. You're getting on. You'll be wanting to get out of things to take things easy. What are you going to do then with your leisure hours? Poirot was ready with his reply. I am going to attend seriously to the cultivation of vegetable marrows. Dr. Burton was taken aback. Vegetable marrows? What do you mean? What? Those great swollen green things, the taste of water. Ah, Poirot spoke enthusiastically, but that is the whole point of it. They need not taste of water. Oh, I know, sprinkle them with cheese, or minced onion, or white sauce. No, 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 you are in error. It is my idea that the actual flavor of the marrow itself can be improved. It can be given, he screwed up his eyes, a bouquet. Good God, man, it's not a claret. The word bouquet reminded Dr. Burton of the glass at his elbow. He sipped and savored. Very good wine, this. Very sound, yes. His head nodded in approbation. But this vegetable marrow business, you're not serious. You don't mean, he spoke in lively horror, that, that you're actually going to stoop. His hands descended in sympathetic horror on his own plump stomach. Stoop and fork dung on the things and Feed him with strands of wool, dipped in water, and all the rest of it? You seem, Poirot said, to be well acquainted with the culture of the marrow. I've seen gardeners doing it when I've been staying in the country, but seriously, Poirot, what a hobby. Compare that to, uh, his voice sank to an appreciative purr, an easy chair in front of a wood fire in a long, low room lined with books. Must be a long room, not a square one books all round one, a glass of port, and a book open in your hand. Time rolls back as you read, he quoted sonorously. Met or outer, in iner, oinopir, ponto, nea, sen, ithune, erex, thominan, moise he translated. By skill again, the pilot on the wine-dark seas straightens the swift ship, Buffeted by the winds. Of course, you could never really get the spirit of the original. For the moment, in his enthusiasm, he had forgotten Poirot. And Poirot, watching him, felt suddenly a doubt, an uncomfortable twinge. Was there here something that he had missed, some richness of the spirit? Sadness crept over him. Yes, he should have become acquainted with the classics long ago. Now, alas, It was too late. Dr. Burton interrupted his melancholy. Do you mean that you're really thinking of retiring? Yes. The other chuckled. (laughs) You won't. But I assure you. You won't be able to do it, man. You're too interested in your work. No, indeed. I make all the arrangements. A few more cases. Specially selected ones. Not you understand everything that presents itself. Just the problems that have a personal appeal. Dr. Burton grinned. That's the way of it. Just a case or two, just one case more, and so on. The prima donna's farewell performance won't be in it with yours, Poirot. He chuckled and rose slowly to his feet, an amiable, white-haired gnome. Yours aren't the labors of Hercules, he said. Yours are labors of love. You'll see if I'm not right. Bet you that in twelve months' time you'll still be here, and vegetable marrows will still be, he shuddered, merely marrows. Taking leave of his host, Dr. Burton left the severe rectangular room. He passes out of these pages, not to return to them. We are concerned only with what he left behind him, which was an idea. For after his departure, Hercule Poirot sat down again, and slowly— like a man in a dream he murmured the labors of hercules may we oui, c'est une idée ça